Uncorked, the podcast brought to you by Team Corker, where we uncork stories of remarkable people. And I love that we always come back to a bro and sis jam. (laughs) I love it. Here we are, Matt and Steph. And it's timely because this week is International Women's Day. Yeah. And we have been invited to speak at an organization about feminism. Yeah. Uh, Feminism that's coming in hot on Thursday. And while we've been preparing for this, there were so many questions that I just wanted to ask Matt for his perspective. I was like, Matt, what about this? And what do you think of that? And it wasn't what we were going to be presenting on, um, but it was some some juicy conversation. And he looked at me and said, save that for a podcast. <laughs> so here we are. And I think the big caveat of, you know, being a white male talking about feminism feels weird. Say more. Um, a lot about feminism to me is seeing the... Um, seeing both genders and sexes and the plethora of genders and sexes between the pole, the poles that we know as male and female um, as equal. And oftentimes it is traditionally people like me, people that are white and male that have been occupying the platforms to speak about women and make decisions for women. And so part of this podcast, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so like, I, I, it's, it's, it tugs on my heartstrings a little bit because I know that I have a voice and a platform that can be used for good. And at the same time, I'm really excited that you're here too, <laughs> because I can't speak to the lived experience. Mm-hmm. And so while I love that we get to use this platform to bring this conversation to more people, um, it still makes me feel nervous because mm-hmm. it's like, am in, in what capacity am I um, taking the stage where I could give more women the stage? Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's an appropriate time. We might have shared this already on the podcast, but one of my favorite known facts in the world of recruiting is that when a man sees a job, um, he only needs to have one out of 10 things on the job description to feel like he is suitable for that role. And not Mm. only will he, you know, go for the role, but he will be very convincing that he is 100% the best person for that role with only 10% of a true you know, direct correlation of my work and my skills relate to this work. Um, On the contrary, a woman needs at least nine out of 10 of uh, job description bullets to feel remotely worthy or good enough for the position. And otherwise she won't step up. Mm. And I share that because I think it's a very great indication of what holds women back and the the confidence that is needed to be instilled in women in this sense of their career, um, we wonder why women aren't, why there aren't more women to choose from. And we're really asking women to be highly courageous in stepping up. And maybe they only have five out of 10 requirements from a job, but there's a dude down the street who has one out of 10 and he's going for it. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, the guys are getting hired. Yeah. And and that's a real thing. So I think I, I mean, I share that as just a, a snippet in one realm of our lives known yeah. as, as careers. And I love that in our business, I, I get to claim that I'm a feminist. I, I just want equality for men and women. I mean, yeah. it comes up for me a lot in sport and it comes up for me in the world of, of work. 
um, and I always feel like I have a partner in you in that conversation. Mm. And I feel like I have a partner that it's not a question. We're not, it's, this isn't discussing if it's right or wrong. It's like, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yet you always challenge me. I'm like, well, where are the women at? Yeah. So I want to kick this off with a question for you. What does being a feminist mean to you? I think you summed it up perfectly already that there's equality amongst the genders and not only genders, but sexes. And so the distinction there is that sex can often be related to biological um, attributes and gender is a social construct. So I could say that you dress masculine and you actually identify as a female and I could be more effeminate and identify as a male. And so it's more about what society has determined to be masculine and feminine. And I think that for me, being a feminist is being a part of the conversation that allows whether I choose what society would deem a more feminine activity or profession or way of appearance, that that's also equal to if I chose a career dress or action that was more considered more masculine. And what it comes back to me, it's like why I'm personally so passionate about feminism is like, I want to cry at movies. I want to go to a rom-com and not be judged by the, my dude friends. I want to go and take a Pilates class because I know it's so good to round out the high intensity training that I love to do. Um, and not, if you're like, oh, you're going to Pilates. It's like, of course I am. Like, that's actually what's the best thing for my body. And we've attributed it to be one thing or the other. Um, and so for me, being a feminist allows me to actually live my life more self-expressed. Mm. And it's like, what if dudes didn't have to worry about feeling like they were demasculated, quote unquote, for wanting to stay home with their kids, mm. for wanting to um, spend a day in the kitchen cooking, doing these things that we've traditionally deemed as like female roles Um, yeah, I just want there to, that's why equality in, with the genders and sexes is so important to me. Let's go a little bit further down that because we were having a conversation about a stay at home mom who we love dearly, who recognizes that stay at home moms with two kids is not a profession across the board these days or is not nearly as common as it was even one generation ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, as soon as you were telling me about her, it occurred to me, right. Like every woman I know who's having kids is like, I'm ripping back to a marathon start line. I'm starting a new company and I'm raising money. And while I'm at it, I'm going to renovate a new home because look at me, I can do all of these things, Mm -hmm. which I think is amazing. Go do all of those things. Yet, equally amazing is having the desire and the means and the relationship or construct to stay home if that is what you wish. And so as time has evolved and as women's desires for different careers, whatever titles you want to give them, um, how do you think that relates to this conversation? Well, I think that, you know, this, the individual I was talking to in, in what I perceived was like, she felt a little judged. And she felt like, I'm choosing to stay home because I love it. This is exactly what I want. This is what I signed up for and with my partner. And now her other mom friends are like, well, why aren't you paying for half of the groceries? And why aren't, uh, why do you let your husband travel the way he is? And why, 
Um, why isn't he contributing to the kids as much as he is? And like, where's the man in this? And she's like, I'm the one who's looking after the house. Like, he's the one who's supporting our family. And like, that's the construct that they've chosen willingly with love and like both agreed before marriage and kids were even a, a part of the question. That's what they wanted. And it's almost like that's not um, good enough. That's not what you should be doing as a woman. You should have a, your own career and your own uh, bank account and your own dreams and hobbies and, and do it all. And she's like, I don't want any of that. And I feel like because I don't want any of that, I'm not like leading the charge of women's rights. And so that's why for me, it's like equality actually means that you can choose anything and it'd be okay. Mm. Like true equality is like the mom who wants to stay home and the mom who wants to be the CEO are both highly respected in our society. Mm. Just like if a man was a CEO and a man wanted to stay home, both are equally respected in society. Amen. I'm going to come at you with an, with, with maybe a tough one. Uh Oh, plot twist. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you'll know the answer because it baffles me. I don't have the answer to this. I recently read an article from one of my favorite feminists, Sarah Gross, about the activity levels of men and women. And, um, the idea, not the idea, the fact that women do not have, do not exercise typically as much as men. Hmm. Um, oh my gosh. But like, look at the studios around Vancouver. They're like filled with women. They're filled with women. I was going to say, what do you think is the cause for that? Oh gosh. Um, I don't know if I would like, I guess in my world, I'm a yoga teacher. So I also Mm. see a lot more women in my classes and the studios I hang out with are usually female dominant. Um, and I would say that the studios that provide childcare are actually the ones that are getting more new parents out in the world. Mm. There's also an interesting study where if you continued to be in sport as a young child, male or female, through the ages of 11 to 14, then you're more likely in your 20s and 30s to continue staying active. So it's actually like what was happening in that time frame for people that they then started looking at their bodies and their health differently. And maybe it has to do with puberty and becoming more of themselves in that time frame and people making new decisions. Interesting. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, well, I read it and I was appalled. <laughs> I was so shocked and I thought, how on earth? And yeah. then when I paused for a moment and thought of the women that I know that have children that are in the ages of 10 to 15, uh, they take on so much that they put themselves at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. And I think, I mean it even feels gross to say this because I don't want to make assumptions. But when I think of the number of men that will just whip out a 10 K run at lunch and I think, I mean, for me, I'd be like, Oh, I wouldn't have time to dry my hair and put my outfit back on. I can't run 10 K at lunch. And then can you commute home? And then it's dark and then you want dinner and then the kids need help. And then I didn't get my workout in today. Right. So, and no one told me I had to blow dry my hair. Um, well, the society says you have to look pretty. The idea that I don't feel like a drowned rat because you'll judge me for that. Yeah. And that's why I love working with you because (laughs) you tell me once a month when I need to blow dry my hair, but it's a real (laughs) thing. 
you know, and, and I wonder if that contributes to things. For the record, it's usually when we need to be on camera or presenting that I'm like, oh, today's the day we can blow dry our hair. <laughs> Not that I'm like dictating. You don't dictate. And I feel grateful to have the freedom to, I mean, I think we learned this when working, you know, in a sweaty organization that we would do yoga at lunch or we would go for a run at lunch and those things were okay yet when I you know talk to my friends that work downtown and in the finance world that they're Mm -hmm. not you don't get to whip out an hour workout it takes time to get to the gym then you do your workout then you get back to the gym you still haven't had lunch Mm -hmm. when time is a thing you know In this podcast, we use as an opportunity to highlight some really remarkable leaders. A lot of them are female, not a coincidence. And I'm wondering now, like, who were the role models growing up that you actually looked to that were female, that you were like, I want to be like you? Oh, gosh, I can't wait. I hope we get to send this podcast to this woman. Um, I, as soon as you said that, as soon as the question came off your tongue, Without a moment of doubt or pausing, the role model who I wanted to work out like, who I wanted to dress like, who I wanted to do my hair like, was our sweet mom. Mm. And our sweet mom would wake up every morning and get in a morning workout. And she never was training for anything. She just went for her morning walk or her morning power walk or she went to the pool and she always got her workout in Mm. and she always looked awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, I I will never keep up to our mom, you know, (laughs) I'm like, oh, I want pantyhose and a power suit like mom. (laughs) And she probably didn't eat enough now that I'm learning about (laughs) calories. I'm like, something had to give. She, I swear, lived off of Granny Smith apples. Well, I remember a good... And coffee. Well, and like a lot of frozen pizzas. <laughs> I do remember a lot of frozen pizzas I don't pizzas think she ate them. We ate them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Um, and way to go. Like, she did what she needed to do yeah. to um, enable us to eat. And she got everything in. Not to mention she was like a chauffeur... A, insane taxi driver like driving us everywhere and so I look at her and think she always made time and she was a killer aerobics teacher was she yes she taught step class when I was in her womb (laughs) (laughs) which might be my recent obsession um but it made a difference and you know our parents would walk together in the morning and do things yet I just think our mom had a different appreciation of her own health Mm. and she was really mindful of it and um what I also love about our mom whether she listens to this or not and it's I think a good example now is when she had to leave the house to do her workout she always did it Mm. when she dreamt of having workouts at home we had a rowing machine that she maybe didn't use very often right. or like equipment at home. I don't think was her best life. And I just remember thinking, Oh, like mom just needs to get out of the house and do her workout. And she always did it. And if mom was like, Oh, I'm going to do my workout in the house. She might not always do it, but she also would do like these crazy leg lifts and ab work before her shower every day. And it was, it was only a few minutes, yet she never missed it. And I would like hear these little feet pounding on the floor and it's like, oh, mom's just doing her step class up before the shower. And 
I think that's that really made a dent. And she was a hardworking, absolutely not stay-at-home mom. Yeah. It's so, what's fascinating is, A, these are things that personally, like, I can't even remember. Oh, I do. And so it's also interesting because, like, what you would pay attention to is different than what I paid attention to. Right. And so, like, what you saw and what you noticed and what you looked at was different. And so um, it's just, like, why I get so excited about more women leaders, more women athletes, like, so that more people get to see themselves in a future. It's like why I freaking loved Black Panther and Call Me By Your Name. Like, yes, like put more people that represent a diverse community or just not the traditional, like, or I don't even want to say traditional. It's like just the mass produced white love story again and again and again between a male and a female. It's like, oh my gosh, like, Anyway, I could go riff on representation, but I think representation is so important when we're talking about feminism, because often I think personally, like growing up, I've benefited from having um, strong male, um, like a gay male figure. Mm -hmm. And when I, like, I can remember the time when I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And so life before that and life after that was very different for me in terms of like my own self-identity and what I consider to be possible. And so it's like, how do we just more, more representation? Who was a woman that you look to either growing up or currently that you think is, is doing it well. And I want to caveat with well, meaning fully self-expressed. When I was growing up, a woman that I really admired uh, was Cody Page. Oh, so yes. For everyone who she's <laughs> amazing. So Cody Page and I met in high Wait, school. Didn't you date Cody? No. Oh, she was cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cody and I met in high school, and she was at like the rival high school. So she went to Aurora High, and I went to GW Williams. And we met at a leadership conference and it was like this awesome connection of friendship right away. And later on, we started leading leadership conferences together and hosting them. And she was incredibly stunning, like physically beautiful. And she also wanted to be like, she was the biggest Trekkie. Like she loved Star Wars. She loved Star Trek. She could tell you about the stars and planets and what was amazing is if you talked to her, you knew that her dream was to be an aerospace engineer. And I just loved the fact that I was like, you, she take, took care of her health. She was interested in leadership development and bettering herself. She, she also had this amazing brain that she wasn't scared to show off. And it was super inspiring. And I've been following her uh, ever since she's still in Ontario. And I've been following her journeys via social media and our random catch-ups every now and then. And she's now like working at NASA and like, she's act like she loved fashion so much, but she was like, why um, do astronaut suits have to be so clunky? Like, why don't we actually have form fitting astronaut suits that allow people to move and navigate the space a little bit better when they're actually out in space. Um, And so she worked on a project to create more, uh, visually appealing oh, and like mo- mobility. I don't even know what you'd call that. Like mobile. Yeah. More functional suits. So That's amazing. 
kudos to Cody Page. She was just someone that I would like tuck in my heart and still to this day think she's an awesome human. So great. All right. I think we need to wrap our favorite question. What's making your heart beat faster these days? Oh, it's your class. Gym class heroes at turf. Um, you did a special little class, uh, a few days ago and I'm still reeling on it because it was so fun. Bless you. What's yours? Well, I'm not going to lie. I might have to say that class. Um, And for two specific reasons. One is that I set a goal to do something with a buy-when date that I created. And I realized that as a triathlete, I live for start lines that other people dictate. Oh, what do you mean? So everything is based off of when Ironman says the start line of an Ironman race is, not when I'm going to do it. And so I said that by March 1st, I would do a class. And on March 1st, I did a class. And that felt really cool. And the second was that I got to do this class at Turf, which is a studio in Vancouver we love dearly. And I recognize the power of community. And we had a full house of really special people celebrating Brendan Brazier's birthday. And Brendan Brazier, the founder of Vega. The founder of Vega, the founder of Let's Eat More Plants and Run Faster. Yeah. And it just was really special to have everyone in a room together. It really was. Um, Well, happy International Women's Day. Let's make it every single day. Amen. Amen.